What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Laying the Points with Farley Betts. This is episode 44 of the 2023 season, and we're here to talk about week six in the NFL. I didn't want to start this podcast the same way that I always do in light of everything that's going on in the world right now. It just feels like there's a lot of instability, right? What's going on in Gaza, some of the, ins- I mean, just... Some of the worst things I've ever heard or seen happening over there to families, kids, infants. Um, We are talking about NFL Week 6. You are listening to Laying the Points with Farley Betts. This is a sports betting podcast. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention something at the top of this show. My Jewish friends for Jewish Americans and over there in Israel. And just everything that's going on with the instability There are far more important things than sports and sports betting. And it's just a moment where we should all probably consider that instead of, uh, you know, casually going about our day. Right. So just wanted to mention that at the top. Thank you so much for listening, for tuning in to Laying the Points with Farley Betts. We're here every single week talking about these NFL games, mainly an NFL and NBA specialist when it comes to handicapping and betting. You might have seen me before on the BetUS, NBA, and NFL shows, on Vegas Insider, on VEASAN, or any number of programs that I've been on the past few years, won circa fifth place a few years ago, and we kind of catapulted onto the scene, getting our starts over there at a great site called theoddsbreakers.com, and now we are at sportswagers.ca, partnered up with the great Sherwood of Canada, one of the best sports bettors really in the world over the past few decades, and we're partnered up, writing over there every single day, writing every one of our NFL leans every week. Sherwood takes a few. I take the majority. He takes a lot of college football. I'll be offering a lot of free NBA picks over there at sportswagers.ca. So check us out, and let's get right to business. Without any pomp and circumstance, no intro, no music, just me talking to you, about these NFL games. And before I do that, I should just mention that we're doing really well this year in NFL handicapping. Now, there's still a long way to go, obviously, right? Um, So we could still end up getting our asses kicked this NFL season. That's how hard betting the NFL and the NFL market is. But so far, so good. 27, 20, and 2, 56% ATS, up 12 and a half units there, up 13 and a half units. 13.64 units to be exact across all of our bets. That includes parlays, teasers, money line, alt lines, stuff like that. Premium customers getting every one of my picks, especially those early high value picks for me every single week. If you're interested in my premium picks, just reach out to me at FarleyBets on Twitter or send me an email at FarleyBets at gmail.com and we'll get you started. So far, so good. Premium customers are thriving. With that, let's get to week six, everybody, because we got almost a full slate, 15 games, 30 teams, starting Thursday night football with the Denver Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs. Denver is 10 and a half point underdogs in this game. And the way I look at this now, just as a reminder, these are just going to be my leans. Okay, you'll see my leans in written form Friday at sportswagers.ca. All my premium customers already have most of my premium picks and the unit allocations that I use on all of those picks already. 
probably get a few more by the end of the week. And we will have some official free picks out Sunday morning at sportswagers.ca. All that I'm going to talk about on this podcast here today are my leans. Not going to give out any free picks this week. Can't do that every week. This is a week where probably going to be a little more, how do you say, judicious with our picks. Tough week, and they only get tougher, right, as, as the nuances and the competition heatens up in the NFL. Denver is plus 10.5 at Kansas City on a short week. Obviously, Kansas City is on a short week as well. But if you watch these Chiefs games, and the Chiefs are notoriously under the Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid era, they're not a good covering team. Like they haven't been good since 2019, where you know Mahomes just kind of took over the league, right? They did almost everything perfectly that year. But this, I mean, we're going on three plus seasons where the Chiefs are either 500 or less against the spread, and they just don't really care as much about covering big lines. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously, probably no coaches care about that, but in other words, they're not trying to pour it on, right? Kind of keep games a little close until the end, and then Patrick Mahomes does his his magic. Some of that is about their defense. But coming off another game last week where the Chiefs, listen, I'm not taking anything away from the Chiefs, okay? They should probably still be the favorite in the AFC to go to the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is just magic. He's magic out there. The way he moves around, the, the way that he finds holes, as long as Kelsey's healthy, and playing, which of course he is this week, thought that maybe he would be a little more injured uh, when when he like suddenly went down against Minnesota last weekend. But he's okay. He'll play. And as long as he has Kelsey, this offense is going to do okay. By the way, Isaiah Pacheco is a damn good running back. South Jersey kid, tough kid. I know those areas. That's where my son grew up. Um, But Aside from the fact that this is obviously a really good team and a Super Bowl favorite, they don't cover, they keep games close. And now the Broncos are getting 10 and a half points in a divisional matchup where Sean Payton, you talk about embarrassing, you talk about an emotional letdown, losing to the Jets by 10 points, letting the Jets score more points than any other team has this season against the offensive coach that you said ran the worst operation you've ever seen last season. That's what Sean Payton said. They lost by margin at home. This is a really desperate spot, a really motivating spot against the former champs in the division for the Broncos to probably play their best football. A very mistake-prone team, a defense that is like shockingly bad, in segments of games, enough that they allow so many explosive plays. Obviously, that 70-point game from the Dolphins is going to inflate some of those stats. But this is not a good defense, and they're facing Kansas City at Kansas City. I get it. Got to lean towards the Broncos, though. That's a lot of points against the Kansas City team that doesn't – I mean, they're 3-2 and two ATS so far. That's going to regress. Titans in London against the Ravens. Titans – playing the host in quotation marks in London. Man, the Ravens, uh, you know, coming off uh, a game where they really had no business losing against the Steelers. That That is what the Steelers do, right? Blocked punt, interception. Kenny Pickett finally makes some big plays at the end. And to his credit, great pass. George Pickens took over at the end. 
maybe a, maybe an offensive pass interference or two, but those are those are physical games, right? The the refs kind of let things go in those games, and if you're the Ravens, it shouldn't have been close. Now Lamar Jackson played well, actually. I think he had two or three touchdown passes that should have been caught. I mean, that last one to uh, Bateman, maybe it was the first one. I don't know because my wife was going crazy because she had Rashad Bateman in her fantasy lineup. <laughs> but uh, just just like some of these drops are like inexplicable, right? But the Ravens is still a good team, but so are the Titans, right? Like the Titans fell flat last week against the Colts. Titans, a team that have they've been beating up the Colts the past few seasons. But this this look-ahead spot to London might have had something to do with it. Rabel always coaches his teams up after a bad performance like that. We've seen a lot of positive things out of Tennessee this year as well, especially the way that they can pick themselves back up. Probably a low-scoring, gritty defensive game. So you got to lean towards the dog, especially getting four and as much as four and a half points at certain points against Baltimore. I'm not sure how elite Baltimore is just yet. They really haven't faced anybody. So, you know, wait, wait and see about that one. Seahawks and Bengals. Um, the Seahawks and the Bengals. Bengals three-point favors. This has been up and down, two and a half to three. Totals at 45 now. I'm going by DraftKings like I do every week because it's just an easy kind of commonality, right? DraftKings kind of, their lines are almost always in between the sharp and the really square books. Still a very square book, don't get me wrong, which means it, it invites mostly public betters. Um, but it's a good it's a good middle ground. Anyway, Bengals coming off their best performance of the season, probably. I know it was against Arizona, but Arizona can be awfully feisty, right, on the road. Um, defensive touchdown, pick six. That was nice to see. Defense making plays. Joe Burrow looked considerably better, considerably better. That, that ankle or uh, Achilles or like whatever he was dealing with, um, it seems to be far gone at this point, right? He was, not only was he moving around in the pocket, but he was like kind of making juke moves back there and everything. And when Joe Burrow can extend plays, this is a really dangerous team. And it's a really dangerous team that we've seen go on long streaks of winning before after a clumsy start. And I would not be surprised if Cincinnati, in the jungle, back home, lit up the Seahawks. Now, the Seahawks travel well. Look at my friend um, at Derbify on Twitter. He just posted something about the Seahawks and how well they perform against the spread in these spots. Going across the country, off a of bye. Pete Carroll is going to have his guys ready. No doubt about it. So this is a tough game. Three is right. Right, You got to give the Bengals three points at home. And the Seahawks are a good team. A lot of people have the Seahawks in top 10 of their power rankings. I agree with that. I mean, they're trending upwards, that's for sure. But if we get the Cincinnati Bengals team that we've seen the past few years, maybe the only team that the Chiefs fear, right? A team that's beat Buffalo, Kansas City multiple times, like it's no big deal. Joe Burrow, back, back to prime form. Watch out for these Bengals. I have no thoughts on the total. I think it's probably about right. Or do I? My premium customers might have been getting, they might have been given a pick actually on the total. We're going to skip packs, pass down. We'll just talk about ATS for now. Uh, 49ers at the Browns. This is up to six and a half points in favor of the 49ers on the road. Totals at 37 and a half. 
There's going to be wind in this game. There's going to be some rain probably. Sloppy, dirty game probably in Cleveland. We've seen some low-scoring games there in Cleveland before that, you know, lake effect weather. Um, and although San Francisco gives you nothing to feel negatively about, right? Like this team has almost made no mistakes. I mean, Purdy is just an executioner out there. He's as sharp as it gets. Ball placement, seeing the field, understanding where he should go with the ball. The kid has not been rattled yet. He's 10-0 and 0 as the 49ers quarterback. Like, the, the arguments or discussion, it's over, okay? Purdy is really good. He's not Purdy good. He's really good. I don't care about his size, just like the system, where he's at. That is going to excel, period. Like, we've seen it against some really good defenses. Look what they did to Dallas last week at home. I mean, they made Dallas look like the New York Giants. They really did. Dallas, a team that beat a team as bad as the Giants, 40-0, to as they should, then gets absolutely trounced, 42-10 to against the 49ers. But think about it this way, right? All the sentimentality, all the media, all the hoopla is now on San Francisco. National media game, right? National TV, Sunday night football, Chris Collinsworth just eating up that victory on Sunday night. And now kind of a quick turnaround, right? You get the late Sunday night, early game on Sunday, across the country, wind, rain, and a top-tier defense. I mean, the Browns, allow fewer explosive plays than any team in the NFL. Their offense is one of the least explosive offenses in the NFL. Now, we don't know if they're going to get back get back to Sean Watson or not. If he practices today, that's a good sign. We'll wait and see that report. As, as I'm doing this podcast at 2 o'clock on Wednesday afternoon, I don't know that. But if Deshaun Watson is playing, maybe even if he's not playing, I might have to look at the Browns. In this situation, because situationally, environmentally, this is a huge letdown game for the 49ers. They got to go to Minnesota on the road next week. So they're just like in this like, you know, like, oh, this this um, twilight zone. Almost said ozone. That's not what I'm looking for. They're in this like twilight zone of like travel. Right. And like coming off that really exciting, celebratory, emotional win against the Cowboys. If there's ever going to be a Brock Purdy letdown or 49ers letdown, it needs to be against the capable team. I don't know about San Francisco's offense, but their defense is capable. And now they have two weeks to prep, right? On top of all that, the Browns had off last week. I would look for reasons to bet on the Browns, and I'd be careful about betting the 49ers and taking them in your survivor entries this week. I'm not saying they're going to lose, but. This is about as bad of a spot as it gets. Last time I checked, the 49ers are still human beings, right? Humans, flawed, not perfect, even though they've damn near played perfectly so far. Dolphins, minus 13 and a half, totals 48 and a half. We're going to see two games with incredibly inflated lines like this. And to be honest with you, I'm not going to spend much time on it because the the Carolina Panthers, no, the Carolina Panthers, are clearly a team that, like, they're not backing off of Bryce Young. They're going to keep on giving him reps. They believe in the kid, even though, my goodness, does he look small out there, doesn't he? Like, I feel like he's getting smaller every week. Um, 
I don't think they're going to back off this kid. I I realize it's like the Alabama bowl a little bit, right? Like the former Alabama quarterback against the new Alabama quarterback, both in the NFL, but Tua and that offense is just, you know, they're like galaxies apart. And the thing about Carolina is I think people are hesitant to bet against Carolina because of Steve Wilkes and his performances as their defensive coordinator and then coach last season. Steve Wilkes is now with the 49ers. Shows how impressive of a coach he is that the 49ers organization and front office went after him. Right? He's over there in San Francisco. Carolina doesn't have him anymore. They got Brian Burns. Like They got some guys on defense, but not enough. It's going to be hot in Miami again, sunny again. Again, I don't see any reason why the Dolphins don't absolutely blow the doors off the Panthers. It is a lot of points. That's tough. But come on, right? I mean, it. it's going to be hard for me to not have something on the Dolphins in my in my arsenal by the end of the week. Colts and Jaguars, this has moved around a little bit from four to four and a half. Colts are now getting a little bit more respect in the market at plus four. And it's a tough one, right? Because you got Gardner Minshew, Anthony Richardson now on injured reserve. So you have Gardner Minshew stepping into the starting role again for the Colts. And he is capable. He can move the ball. You, you know, we've seen him win games before for the Jaguars, for the Eagles. Um, and now here he is with the Colts, with a team that's more talented, I think, than a lot of people thought. Jonathan Taylor's back. And Jacksonville, talk about a team feeling high about themselves. Two big wins in London against the Falcons and Bills. Those are Those are two... I don't care if you're in London or not, which I, is is Jacksonville's home away from home for sure. And you can see the uh, advantage that they had staying there all week when Buffalo visited. But like now they got to come back over, right? And go back to crummy ass, swampy ass Jacksonville. <laughs> I don't think they ever have a sold out crowd. And here come the Colts. Now these two teams for, I think until 2017, exclusively both teams in these matchups won their home games. Colts would always win at home. Jags would always win at home. But this year already, right, we saw a closely fought game, 10-point game that really should have been a three-point game at most. Colts should have covered that line. They had it uh, – the Colts had it in a- enemy territory quite a few times. Turnover on downs, turnovers. Then at the end of the game, a turnover on downs and fourth and one when Anthony Richardson was taken out of the game briefly and couldn't be in on that final play even though he played really well and in the opening week. So Colts should have covered that one. Colts looking for revenge here. Colts playing well. Their defense their defense is very mid, but they can make plays when they need to. Lean Colts. Um, but I, I could see it going the other way as well. Also lean to the over here. There was, even, even with a 31-21 game in week one between these two teams, a lot of points were left on the board. A lot of points because of those turnovers. I'm talking turnover on downs, especially in the opponent's territory. I don't I don't think that total's right. Strong lean to the over. Lean Colts. Vikings, Bears. I haven't I haven't touched this one because you got the Vikings who I think are the better team. Certainly playing better on defense. Like it's it might not show in the stats because they faced a lot of good offenses so far. But they are playing better. And obviously, I'm going to take Kirk Cousins 
over Justin Fields all day, all day. All right, I'm not going to change my mind about Justin Fields because of one good game. That was a damn good game by the entire Bears team in week in week five on Thursday Night Football. But Vikings need this one too, right? They're one and four. Both both teams that are reeling, close line. Bears probably make a pretty damn good teaser leg, but. You know, because I, I don't think either one of these teams can pull away, and at least you're getting two and a half points with the Bears at home. But like nothing strong for me here. This is just it's a really weird game. And for some reason, DraftKings has taken the total or the the over and the total off of this game. I don't, I don't know what that's all about. I, I would stay away from this one, guys. You're either whatever way you're betting, you're betting on a bad unit, right? Like just really flawed teams, really flawed units on the field in this game like there's no real like oh let me let me tell you about this statistical advantage i have on the vikings and bears no you don't like you think you do based on a very small sample size this season but like those are the kind of things i think that get you caught right because these two teams don't show you many reasons to believe in them whatsoever let's face it the commanders and the falcons another two and a half point line this one is in favor of the home team falcons Falcons playing some defense now. I, I I liked their defense a lot last week against C.J. Stroud, really limiting Houston and a surging offense, holding them to four field goals, no touchdowns until the final minutes of that game. C.J. Stroud, very, you know, credit to him for that last touchdown pass. I mean, that that kid has ice in his veins. Again, I was wrong, wrong, wrong about C.J. Stroud. He's he's good. He's good. Commanders, on the other hand, extremely embarrassing loss on Thursday Night Football. 11 days to prep. So, like, that's a recipe on a, on a good team that I might want to take in this situation if the line was right. The line is just a little too short here for me. I also don't trust that commander's defense at all. Like, Chase Young and the defensive line, they're top six, I believe, in sack percentage, top 10 for sure. Like, that's a good unit, right? Like, they're doing good things, but nobody else is really doing anything well. Linebackers, pfft. secondary, pfft. Can cannot cover the field. And if Desmond Ritter and this this offense, which commanders have not been good against the run either, Bijan Robinson, like that run game is starting to go. Uh, they run for over 140 yards at home so far this season. If they get going, they can fully control this game against the commanders. And then it's Sam Howell playing catch up against a good a real good secondary, a top 10 secondary by every data metric data point this season so far for Atlanta. Now, it's worth noting that Atlanta has faced a lot of rookie quarterbacks, right? Bryce Young, uh, Jordan Love in his first season as a starter, right? C.J. Stroud, okay? And here comes Sam Howell, right? Another another underexperienced quarterback. And I like Sam Howell. That You know, the kid's got moxie. The kid fights. He's got a good spin on the ball. He can run. This is probably going to be a really competitive game. I, I would stay away from this, though, because there, there's a little too many things are uncertain. I, I did a full write-up on this game thinking that I had to play on, like, the under, and then maybe I was favoring the Falcons. I backed off both of those things. Like, full transparency, my, my premium customers do not have a pick in this game, and they probably won't. It's just one of those games where it feels like the Vikings and Bears, you're – you're throwing a coin up in the air, right? And you're and you're hoping that it lands your way. 
Not not the kind of probability that I want. Saints at the Texans, another tough one. One and a half point favorites are the Saints on the road after a 34 to nothing thrashing of the Patriots. Great defense. Held the held the Patriots for what it's worth. Like that might not mean much to you after what Mac Jones and the Patriots offense has been showing us. To 156 yards last week. I mean, that's incredible, right? And 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 we know the Saints defense has a lot of talent. When they put it all together, that's what they can do. But I think the Texans, off a loss, CJ Stroud, only one touchdown. I mean, he's gonna throw an interception eventually. He already has the record, so fuck it. You know, might as well, CJ. Air it out there, bro. I'm probably gonna be betting against or I'm gonna be betting on him throwing an interception almost every week as long as he faces a, a good defense like he will this weekend. But uh, again, this is probably going to be a close game. Houston at home makes another fine underdog, maybe, or I'm sorry, a, a fine teaser leg. Maybe you tease Houston and Chicago. I would have never thought at the beginning of the year that I'd be telling you to tease Houston and Chicago in a teaser together because two teams that could easily get blown out. And maybe that, you know, maybe those ingredients are still within these teams. And that's why I'm not giving out a lot this week, right? Tough games, tough even teasers. But I that's probably the only the only way I would look here. Um, maybe maybe look at an under as well. But I mean Derek Carr and that offense still working through some kinks, not not hyper efficient, not explosive yet, that's for sure. And Houston has to face a good defense. Patriots at the Las Vegas Raiders. You're going to get a very assertive write-up from me on this game at sportswagers.ca. It is going to be one of my free picks on Sunday. So I'll just leave it at that. But let me put it this way. The Raiders are coming off a great win on Monday Night Football. Or was it that great? Three Jordan Love interceptions. Still only one by four points. Barely hung on. Patriots, 156 total yards last week. All the media, every talking head, blabbing, blabbing, blabbing about Bill Belichick. How good of a coach was he really? Was it all Tom Brady? Mac Jones' career is over. Belichick might move on from the Patriots and join the Giants this season as a defensive coordinator. Okay. A lot of vitriol coming the Patriots and Bill Belichick's way. This is typically one of those situations where a team like New England Still a lot of good DNA in that team. Still still a good defense, top 10 in yards per pass and yards per run allowed. One of those situations where you might want to take the ugly, ugly dog. More on that this Sunday when I post it at sportswagers.ca. Eagles and Jets. Eagles are an appropriate seven-point favorite, even on the road. And the thing about the Eagles, like I bet against the Eagles last week against the Rams. I love that spot for the Rams. Four and a half points at home. A team that could easily have a better record. A team that's played really well against really tough opponents every single week and just has come up a little bit short. That was about as impressive a performance from the Philadelphia Eagles as I've ever seen last week. That is a tough spot on the road across the country against a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, Aaron Donald, Sean McVay. Still a lot of pride there for those Rams, and they came out fighting hard. No panic from Jalen Hurts. 
No panic from that offensive and defensive line. Philadelphia Eagles just dominate you in the trenches, and there ain't a thing you can do about it. You can't do shit about it. I could only look at the Eagles here. Maybe you tease them down. Listen, the Jets, I've heard a lot of people defending Robert Sala. Like Colin Coward said, what you what great coaches do is they utilize the talent they that they have and they make sure that they win with good talent. If they don't have good talent, there's not much they can do. I don't believe that. First of all, I think that the Jets have more talent than we're giving them credit for. Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, talent all over their defense. And great coaches make average players really good. They know where to put them. They know how to motivate them. That is what Bill Belichick and Tom Brady did. And I'm including Tom in there because he, he's a motivational guy. I mean, you can see it. You know, listening to Tom Brady and and his, like like the way he talks about football and the way he approaches it, you can tell that dude was just as much a coach as he was a quarterback on his Super Bowl winning teams. But that's what they did, right? Edelman, uh, Welker, you know, all these like random undersized dudes just maximizing them in, in, in every possible way, finding the talent in those players. I'm happy for Zach Wilson and the Jets that they got a win last week. I want Zach Wilson to succeed. I'm sick of seeing the vitriol about him. Like, lay the hell off that kid. You know, like, he's, he's not doing that badly. I mean, he's not he's not doing well. But, <laughs> you know, g- give the kid a chance. I mean, he's not getting any protection. I don't think there's any evidence. Of course, there there is no evidence. And, you know, people would scream at me if I said this on Twitter. But there's no evidence that Aaron Rodgers will be doing any better than Zach Wilson from inside the pocket, from inside that pocket of the Jets. Zach Wilson just hasn't gotten any like any room, right? Like any breathing room uh, until last week when he faced the subpar Denver Broncos defense that still, you know, still got to him a few times, still pressured him quite a few times, but, you know, he, he can succeed, right? He can throw the ball. So like, I want the Jets to put up a fight. I am not running to the window to bet on the Jets, even plus seven at home, not against this Eagles team and the way the Eagles can just adapt to every situation. It's very impressive. Lions at the Bucks. I get why this line has to be three, right? The Lions are on the road. They're riding high. Spirits are high. Sentimentality is high. The media is high on the Lions. Bucks are off a bye at home. Baker's been frisky. You know, this can't be more than three points. But maybe that should tell you which way to go here. I'll leave it at that. I mean, I, I don't know what else you want me to say about this game. Baker Mayfield's been playing well. I think the Bucs can beat average teams. They could be really feisty. Look what happened to the Bucs when the Eagles came to town, though. I would not be surprised at all if the same thing didn't happen. When Detroit can, I think Detroit is one of those teams right now where they're going to adjust, they're going to adapt. Their culture is consistent, stable. I fucking love the Lions, man. I love them. Cardinals at the Rams. You know, normally I I, I might want to lean towards the Cardinals in this situation. Seven is a little too much. You know, just like at the gate, I'll just say that. But I haven't given out a pick on this game yet. 
because the Cardinals are without James Conner, and he, he's meant a lot to that team. Really just tough, tough running, gritty running. You know, holding his team, holding the offense on his back in many situations. Josh Dobbs has, has played well too, but they they can keep that running game going with James Conner. Without him, I don't know, man. And that defense is starting to devolve a little bit, right? Like they fight hard. I think it's clear that Jonathan Gannon is a good coach. He's going to be able to stay there and you know make a difference. But I, it's not an offense I trust, and the Rams are due. So conflicting thoughts for me on this one. Seven is still probably too many points for me to take the Rams, but I, I would still lean their direction. Giants at the Bills, 14-point underdogs are the Giants on the road at Orchard Park. Bills coming off a loss in London. Bills incurring a few injuries now that are just really, really, I mean, Matt Milano going down, are you kidding me? The, these Bills can't get, get through a whole season without these crazy injuries plaguing their defense. I mean, that defense looked like it could be the best in the NFL leading up to that London game, or I should say leading up to week four. I Listen, I don't think that's going to make a big difference in this game. I don't see how the Giants keep up. I really don't. I guess I guess your angle on the Giants here could be Brian Dayball back home at Buffalo wanting to prove something. Big-time motivational spot for the Giants to at least play well. So, like, maybe you take the plus 14, which is two whole touchdowns. Tough, tough line for any team, even a team like the Bills, to cover. But you can make a strong case that the Giants are the worst team in the NFL right now. You're going to trust the Giants? Can't trust the total. Can't trust the Giants. This could be 42-0 Bills, and then your total goes under, even though I get why some people want to bet on the over here. Bills probably just score at will. Now, Giants defensive line starting to get some good pressure, but the Bills offensive line, very formidable as two. Josh Allen playing really well. Yeah, stay away from this one, guys. Cowboys at the Chargers rounding up Monday night football. Cowboys reeling off that Sunday night football loss. That embarrassment, 42-10 to 10 against the Niners. And now they stay on the road. They stay out west. You know, a lot of times that can really rally a team together. And this is a team, I, I believe they are 9-0, and or I'm sorry, 10-0, and I think. Hold on, I think I have this in my notes somewhere. The Cowboys were 4-1 and against the spread and 5-0 and against the spread. So it's so a 4-1 in 2021, 5-0 and ATS in 2022 off a loss. And this year, they're already 1-0 against a spread off a loss. So that's 10-1 the last three seasons off a loss against a spread. But the Chargers are also off a bye. But does that make any difference when it's Brandon Staley off a bye? Brandon Staley. I don't trust fucking Brandon Staley to do anything. And if there's any team that's more cyclically mistake-prone and clumsy, clumsier than the Cowboys, it's the Chargers. It's the Chargers. Chargers be charging. Lean towards Dallas here, although it's not quite as ideal as I want it to be. Like, I wish L.A. didn't come off a bye. But I think you got to lean Cowboys here. No official picks on today's show, but I'm sure you could glean the way I was thinking about it. a few of those. could always sign up with me at Farley Bets. Send me a message at FarleyBets at gmail.com or at FarleyBets on Twitter. If you're interested in our premium packages, again, we're 14 units up, doing really well this year. We knew we would. As a, as a handicapper, like when you do this for long enough, you just know, you know, yeah, you, you just know if you have a good understanding, if you have enough space in your life, you know, to really pay attention to this and the, 
the right ways. And this season, I, I don't think we're going to slow down. Really appreciate everybody for listening every single week. Say some prayers for everything that's going on in this instable world right now, unstable world. Catch you all next week for week seven. Good luck. Let's win some fucking money. Let's fucking go. See you later.